this is Tony Tone and LA. <laughs> Yo, what's up? It's your boy LA, aka the Love Ambassador, coming to you straight, live, and direct from, of all places, the balcony of my studio. Yes, that is right. It is a glorious time in summer, and Perth is rocking in the down south of Australia. So we're gonna kick it to you live, you know what I mean? And um, first and foremost, really appreciate the support we got in particular. From uh, <laughs> from Iraqi Kurdistan, <laughs> it's like yo, you know what I mean? Like I've achieved some amazing things in life, but when you're out of rhyming, became a number one hit in, <laughs> in Kurdistan across multiple cities. Uh, that was love, bro. That was love. So I do truly appreciate that. Uh, so we're gonna take it up to something a little bit different. Um, this evening. In fact, something that uh, many will know about, others will either not really care because it doesn't affect them or generally have no understanding of it. So what we're going to be doing today is talking about well, what's known as the talk. The talk uh, is because we've all seen, you know, pictures in America of essentially our brothers and sisters getting shot by police, in many cases in dubious circumstances. Uh, now, as sort of social media progresses and things, um, you know, we become more of a one community, so to speak, in terms of uh, the ability to access media on a live basis now from anywhere in the world. The what was perceived as maybe fabrications or an over-exaggeration by many seeing the black community complaining about police violence has actually in turn become something more so of a reality. Now, if you look at the stats, uh, in terms of the total volume of people uh, killed by police, it's actually white people. But then we look at the percentage of the population um, Black people are like, you know, something along the lines of 20 times more likely to be shot or to be killed by police because of the population. Uh, we'll also be going through some facts of, you know, uh, incarceration, etc., etc., later on in the program. Now, what for me and the reason why I chose this subject is I kind of, I kind of can't really comprehend as a as a white male uh, growing up in Australia uh, because our, our police of <laughs> politics fam generally you know and always there to like kind of kick it and have a good time and we never really got told off and we pay their salary through their taxes I think this is a, one of the most important points like we actually pay their salary to protect us so for a father and mother to to work so hard, pay their taxes for protection, and then have to turn to their children 
and say like there's a chance when you're older in particular if you're a man that you might actually well you will come into contact with the police and you will be mistreated now i know that a lot of people listening to that now would be oh well you know there's that's kind of like a sense of paranoia but then if you read the the statistics that i quickly go through it sort of starts to become more apparent so in terms of the prison population today the united states makes up about five percent of the world's population and there's 21 percent of the world's prisoners so one in every 37 adults in the united states or 2.7 percent of the population <laughs> that's actually that's actually freaking ridiculous that's like that's like more than the population of melbourne <laughs> Australia, like, that's insane, uh, under surveillance. In 2014, African Americans constituted 2.3 million of 34% of the total 6.8 million correctional population. African Americans are incarcerated at more than four times, no, five times the rate of whites. The imprisonment rate of African American women is twice of white women. Nationwide, African-American children represent 32% of children who are arrested, 42% of children who are detained, and 52% of children whose cases are judicially waived to the criminal court. Though African-Americans and Hispanics make up approximately 32% of the U.S. population, they comprise of 56% of all incarcerated people. If African-Americans and Hispanics were incarcerated at the same rate as whites, prison and jail populations would decline by almost 40%. So, I mean, you know, you can't really lie with with facts, right? <laughs> I mean, the reason why I'm going through this is to, to establish, like, a, a fault in the judicial system. Um, now, many will look at, you know, at the end of the Civil War introduced in the 13th Amendment, where basically the long story short is, is they continued slavery but could only do it by imprisoning the population. So what they were doing in the South was basically giving trumped-up charges to African-Americans, putting them in jail, and still to this day they're used as, as, as a form of slave labor because they paid very, very low amounts. Uh, in fact, um, one of the main prisons down in the south, Angola, is actually former um, plantation. So now we'll establish the facts when we come back to the talk. So, you know, you, you're mother and father, and you, we, we can all identify because, you know, we either have kids or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of at the age now where, it's <laughs> uh, just coming in deep, I'm at the age now where my friends are having kids. And um, and my friends, you know, a lot of them are, you know, from from Africa and and uh, you know Zimbabwean and, and Nigerian and Kenyan and, and whatnot. So when they're looking at me and they're saying, you know, you you and Uncle, we want you to take part in raising the kids. I mean, you you that's why this kind of hits home for me. Well, because you're just thinking, well, it's America today, but then the world looks to America uh, in, in so many ways that that, that that issue quite easily transcends the thinking mentality of people around the world. And then, you know, we've got Sudanese acting up 
in Australia because they're having their own problems that they're dealing with and then what happens with the police response? Does that emulate America where you know we're going to have the same problem or are we going to have you know a clearer picture of what to do? And I think that's why it's important. So when you sitting down with your child white people will talk about like the sex talk <laughs> you know about like the birds and the bees and um finance and you know like don't drink and drive because you're a bloody idiot <laughs> you know the the issue of policing doesn't ever come into it so when african americans with the stats and their knowledge they've got to try and protect the kids and this as i went through the stats before is a proper is a proper threat to them uh, and so you know roughly sort of there's 10 rules that they'll go through right uh, one is be polite and respectful when stopped by the police keep your mouth closed um, well <laughs> that in itself is kind of it's you know interesting because all of a sudden the authority is putting you back in your place you know where society has deemed you to be which in itself has issues but at the same time you've got to realize that when you explain it to your kids that you know well dude that that's a person as well and we all know how quickly we can we can change our thinking and you know become annoyed remember that your goal is to come home safely so if you feel that your rights have been violated your parents have the right to file a formal complaint at your local police jurisdiction now this kind of has problems if you get harassed by a police officer and then what you've got to go back to the cop shop where he works and say do they did me wrong so that's sort of like a little bit stupid number three don't under any circumstances get in an argument with the police well then that gives you them justifications to use whatever means they want number four always remember that anything you say or can be used against you in the court of law or well, yeah i watch a lot of law order svu <laughs> so, so we're all aware with that one number five keep your hands in plain sight and make sure the police can see your hands at all times now this is a really important one i think not actually just for african-americans if you're having to talk but also in general in america because there's just so many guns that you know, I can't, in a way, I understand where the police are coming from in general. That, you know, it's in Australia, like, you put a dude over, like, he might be drunk or hard, but he's not really going to have, like, a, a weapon or anything in the car. You know, so that's why a lot of the times, you know, and then the training of the police is so much more that, you know, even when you watch, for example, um, with the terrorist attack that we had in Melbourne, like, the guy literally was trying to blow a car up in the middle of the street and running around stabbing people with a knife and made the people that died rest in peace. But the cops were still trying everything not to shoot the dude. Uh, and that's partially because of the training. That's B, because it's just not really a kind of a, a shoot first, ask questions later. And so I think that, you know, in America, that's why it's so important to have that uh, put your hands in plain sight because already they're going to be jittering. Then you add, you know, whatever potential... Uh, racial thoughts and that and that makes it crazy of course you know avoid physical contact with the police uh do not run well yeah it's interesting because a lot of the times when you see people uh getting shot they're actually <laughs> they're actually running away which is is just crazy in terms of sort of the cowardice of it uh even if you believe that you're innocent do not resist arrest i think that's kind of a 
a hard one because I know even if I was in that situation or if my parents were talking to me about this, I'd be like, well, you've got such a strong sense of justice that you really kind of just stick to it, right? You know, no matter what. Uh, number nine, don't make any statements about the incident until you're able to meet with a lawyer or public defender. Again, that's kind of common for most people. Uh, stay calm and remain in control. Watch your words, body language, and emotions. Now, you know, there's something on the lines of parents are having discussions with their young kids because, like I said, the, the insanity of it is <laughs> that they're paying the police officers salary to protect them and then fearing for them and their kids' lives. And the more that you're watching it, like, the kind of harder from a humanness point of view it becomes like you talk to a lot of people here and you're like well have you heard of this thing called the talk or how african-american parents are talking to their kids about police violence and generally giving them tips on how not to you know god forbid get shot and people are still shocked and that's why i think it's important to raise it what's also interesting is um when you look at in terms of policing like first of all the training is is not really there in comparison to Australia and also what was really interesting stat was one fifth of all black officers in America are in three cities so it's Chicago New York and Washington DC so it's also the fact that in a lot of the neighborhoods that you are you don't have people that are like you or look like you or resemble you or you play ball with or whatever you know, and I think that, you know, it can't be just a police bashing thing. I mean, police do have a very, very difficult job. And we're not denying that. But, you know, in, in every organisation, you're going to have, like, good seeds and you're going to have bad seeds. But the problem is, is that how do we change the society that we're living in where a mother and father have to speak to their children to, to, to not get them hurt? by <laughs> police officers and it's such a hard thing because it's so entrenched in the system that the reason why I'm commentating on it is you know I'm not here to you know have all the answers or everything like that I'm just here to try and raise awareness to be honest with you and um, it starts with a sort of a dialogue with people actually understanding of what's going on uh, I personally think that <coughs> there should be an argument for saying we're not paying for something that we're not getting. I think there should be, considering how much money is spent on military and everything else in America, and they want to spend billions of dollars building a wall, they should invest in proper teaching. The problem is they've got a stitching culture and anti-police from uh, so much bad press. But there has to be sort of a grassroots movement where you're getting local people looking after local areas. And more importantly, you need to listen. I mean, it's come back to what I was talking about where we had issues at the moment in Australia with the Sudanese community. You talk to social workers. They're all taking all the money. You know, coming up with all these ideas, but not one person is sitting down with, you know, the hoodlums and asking them, well, why, why, why was wrong? 
and police are kind of reacting because they feel like they're under pressure. The African American community is rightfully pissed. But no one's really having this dialogue, to my knowledge. And it has to kind of start from there because it's 2019. Like, I know that prisons is a business, but it's just, there has to come a time where there is some form of common humanity, right? Now, if you're wrong, then you're wrong. And if you did crime, then, you know, do the time and just end calling. But like I said, you know, now that you're aware that there's a talk going on, um, I put it over to you to try and raise awareness and start thinking of ideas of how you would change it. Like I said, for me, I think there has to be a dialogue. I think there has to be local people looking after local people. And I think that money needs to be invested into having positive stories, you know, because there's just kind of this... We turn on TV and, and, and what's your impression of, of, of African-Americans? It's like rappers, ball players, and, you know, stuff that you see in World Star. You're not looking at doctors and lawyers and poets and, and artists and, you know, historians. You know, you're not looking at... You, you, so that's why I'm saying is that whilst the parents are in a crazy situation of trying to have this conversation with their kids we as a global community need to assist and have a proper conversation with how to stop this all right man appreciate it <laughs> LA is out uh, next episode i'm going to do on social conformity who created social norms um Apparently, I'm doing absolutely everything wrong, you know, my social media and my podcast and, you know, my life and, you know, blah, 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 you know, but, yeah, I'm me. <laughs> I just do me. So, yo, like I said, peace to the family and I'm out, but, yo, let's explore uh, who's creating the, these rules and boundaries. Ah, uh, peace.